And thank you once again for Bonnie and Craig. I, I know it took a while. I think they announced that maybe I would be speaking, but I kept having to postpone a little bit. Uh, we had, uh, you know, some stuff going on in the family, graduations, birthdays, different things that kept us from coming up to the mountains, but thank you. And also, uh, that devil, he's wily, right? He, uh, when he can, he gets in the way. As you notice, I didn't walk up with my Bible or my laptop, which I had all my notes and everything, but praise God for technology. It's saved to the cloud, so I have my I have my sermon here on my phone, so bear with me just a little bit as I have to have to kind of read it off my phone. And I should have I should have asked Brother Craig if you guys had some like audio visual equipment. Okay, so next time when I come back again, yes, <laughs> when I come back in, I have something more. But I'm I'm more of a visual person, so that's how I like to to teach. But thank you once again. Let's uh, open with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, and uh, you know, I thank you for this this little intimate setting, dear God, um, where we're a closer congregation. Um, I don't know everyone in the crowd, but you know it's going to be a delight in heaven, dear God, when we get to know all your followers and we get to meet each other and ask their story and uh, just interact with one another, dear God. So I just ask that you be with me now as I, I speak. Um, may your words come out of my mouth, dear God, and we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, so my, I don't know, oh, I thought it was showing on the screen, but my title, what does my diet have to do with it? What does it have to do? Do you think diet, show of hands, diet is important in our life? Amen, right? Especially after the, the pandemic that we have gone through, we're still kind of going through. I want to read a little something that I found uh, on the internet, and we, we know we can trust everything on the internet, right? <laughs> this is called the Standard American Diet. So bear with me for just a little bit as I read uh, what this is talking about. So the Standard American Diet is a modern dietary pattern afflicting American adults and children across the United States with long-term damaging health consequences. By definition, the standard American diet consists of ultra-processed foods, added sugar, fat, sodium, uh, and consumption of fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. I, I always have trouble with this word. Lugamines, beans, beans, basically. Legumes, legumes. There we go. Thank you. Legumes. It's locked in now. Why don't they just say beans? Oh, I don't know. Okay. And lean protein is greatly lacking in this diet. With fast food seemingly on every corner, processed foods lining the grocery store aisles, making healthy food uh, choices can seem like an impossible feat. These poor dietary choices can lead to many chronic illnesses and are putting a serious strain on our healthcare system. An inundation of misinformation in popular media, um, coupled with a substantial lack of knowledge held by the general public, further add to the issue. Thankfully, simple dietary habit changes can improve one's health and reduce the risk of developing several chronic illnesses. Now, to sum it up, what does the American diet consist of? Fried foods, grain-based desserts, high-fat dairy, processed foods, processed meats, such as bacon, deli meats, uh, red meat, refined grains, white bread, 
white pasta, and sugar-sweetened beverages. Does anybody in here enjoy a, a tasty beverage every now and then? I'm guilty of it. I am. Okay. Now, for my story, I'm, I'm guilty uh, because of the work that I do. I'm, I, I travel a lot. I go from place to place. Fast food is a quick option. Okay? I'm guilty of it. It tastes good. It's convenient. And until recently, it was pretty inexpensive. Now, we all, we all feel the, the bite of inflation right now, right? Everything is starting to get a little bit more expensive. But most of the time after you're done eating this type of food, how do you feel? For me, sluggish. I feel a little groggy. I feel a little tired, a little, you know, a little cloudy. Um, but just imagine if this was your type of lifestyle. You know, what, what would you, if you did this day after day, this is all you ate, what would you feel like? What would you be like? It wouldn't be very good. Now, just a little bit of a joke. I know I'm hiding it pretty well with my suit, but I always joke with my family that round is a shape. Does anybody agree that round is a shape? It is a shape. It's not a very appealing shape, but yes. It is. Types Oh, no, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, lightning. lightning. Ah. Yeah, it's okay. Yes. I Thank you so much. It's okay. <laughs> But yes, round is not an appealing shape, and I'm work. I'm working on it. I hope we uh, we've all paid a little bit more attention to our diet uh, as of late. But I'm working on that. Now, if this was your diet day after day, right? You wouldn't be mistaken for some type of athlete or some kind of model, right? Because you wouldn't be very appealing. But just being honest, okay? But we often blame certain things that we have, right? Like fatigue or brain fog on a lack of sleep. But it has a lot to do with what we put into our body. Um, ooh, okay, who can remember when we were younger, right? And we're having a big test coming up. What does your teacher tell you to do the day before? Make sure you get plenty of sleep. And the, when you wake up, you should eat a good breakfast. As modern Americans now, right, on the go, 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 most of us have a cup of coffee. Most of us will swing by the local Starbucks and have a, a scone or two. Maybe for the kids, they have a bowl of cereal that maybe not be the best choice. Um, I'm trying to think of some sugary ones right now, Lucky Charms and Fruit Loops. Has somebody said something else? Cinnamon, Cinnamon Crunch, something like that. But the problem with this is these, these uh, the choices that we make, they give us a little bit of a burst, right? They give us a little stimulation. But what quickly happens to that? That stimulation fades, right? And we need something else to substitute it. Oh, a little, a little thing right here I forgot too. While you're eating all these types of fast foods, um, what happens to your... Not right after, but soon after you're done eating that meal. Maybe a half an hour, hour later. It happens to me a lot. No. I feel hungry again. You do, you do lose your strength, yes. 
<laughs> yes, but I feel hungry again because the meal that I was eating, the nutrients that I needed was not in there. It was just something to fill me for that moment, but it quickly went away. And we've always been interested in the story of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Did anybody catch that? What were the names that I said? I, but I said, what names did I say, though? What names did I say? And it was their Hebrew names that I said. Yes. Okay. Does anybody know that? Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael. I'm looking over here at the kids because I'm, I'm trying to see. I know my kids know this one, but um, to be grounded in their faith at such a young age. We forget many times that they were uh, faced with an immense challenge. And why? Well, at the age of about 15, they were taken from their home. And were they taken willingly? Oh, no. They were captives now being forced to live in a foreign land. But because they were grounded, because they were faithful, <clears throat> they remained firmed. Oh, they remained firm and served God faithfully. Um, yes, okay, so let me read my notes. It says, these four young men were around the age 15 when they came into captivity. One of the first things that were, they were granted was to be placed in the service of the king, okay? Now, you might think, oh, this is a big deal, being placed in the service of the king. What does that mean exactly? Well, the king saw in them something special. So I'm going to place you guys apart from everybody else. You're going to be placed in my service. Now, what was the first thing that came up when Daniel and his friends were placed in ca uh, captivity? They needed to be nourished, right? What did the king offer them? Well, let me, let me just read you from right here, okay? If you're the king, what sort of food did you eat? Did you eat peasant food? Did you eat simple food? No, 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 this had to be, this had to be a glorious spread, okay? Listen to this spread right here. He had swine o' plenty. Anybody catch that? Lobster a la claw. Yes? No, I'm just naming these things. These are the things that he, he might have had. Catfish filet, and to wash it all down, to wash it all down, he had the grapes of wrath. <laughs> but this is the best that the king had to offer. This was his royal meal. But we know as Christians, as children of God, the best that an earthly king has to offer is far below the standards of what followers of God need to eat or need to put in their bodies. Amen? This was to be their diet for three years. How would you have reacted in this position? So thank you uh, for reading the scripture. Daniel 1.8, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with which, nor with which the wine he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Okay, we're going to get back to that in a second. But notice the second thing, if you've ever read Daniel. Um, Show of hands, anybody ever read Daniel in here? Amen. This got me inspired to read it again. The second thing that happened to these young men was this. What happened to their names? They were changed, right? Okay, so we just went through. Daniel, what was their Hebrew names? Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Okay. Do you know what 
Do you know what these names mean? Daniel, yes, yes. Go ahead. God is my judge. Amen. Hananiah, God is gracious. Mishael, God has no equal. And Azariah, who Jehovah helps. But they had to be placed in the service of the king, right? So the king gave them Babylonian or Chaldean names. For Daniel, it was turned to Belteshazzar. Bel yeah, Belshazzar. Prince of Baal is the meaning of that one. Hananiah changed to Shadrach, servant of sin. That's a terrible name. Mishael, Meshach, devotee of the moon god. And Azariah, Abednego, servant of Nebo or uh, Nego. So not only was their diet being attacked, now their names were changed. And these names had a significant meaning of who they were. They were now going from godly labeled names as someone attached to a pagan, a pagan god or sin. So let's go back to the text real quick. And I didn't, I didn't realize this when I first read it, second time I read it, third time I read it. I, I didn't pick up on this, you know, until recently, actually. But let's read the first part of Daniel 1.8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with which, with which the wine he drank. Do you have an influence on someone in your life, or does someone have an influence on your life? Think about that. Oh, I lost my place. Oh, okay. The passage, right? It does not say that Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah purposed in their hearts. What does it say? It says Daniel purposed in his heart. Not his three friends, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And I believe that it was that conviction that he had that was so strong that it influenced his friends to stand firm in their beliefs. You know, like maybe, you know, we're not so... I don't know, big on doing outreach, right? We might be a little scared to go approach somebody about the Word of God. Is it easier to do it when you're alone or when you're with a group of friends? When you're with a group of friends, right? It makes it easier. You, you feel more, uh, more bold. You feel more prepared to do it. And I believe it was this conviction that Daniel had that helped his friends stand with him and say, you know what, this is true. This is what God does not want us to, to do. We're going to stand firm and stand faithful. And look what happens next, this, the last part of Daniel 1.8. Therefore he, meaning Daniel, requested to the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Which I thought was pretty funny because when you're a prisoner or you're a captive, what kind of rights do you have? You have no rights, right? You're at the will of your captor. You're at the will of whoever is in control. But when you stand for God, as he says in Jeremiah 33, 3, what do he say? Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest what? Not. Right? God was behind the scenes. Who was it that softened the heart of Ashpenaz and Melzar? Who was it that softened their hearts? Who allowed them to grant the request of these captives to eat a more wholesome diet? 
It was only because God, and look how quickly God worked, okay? There was a test for how many days? 10 days, they said, give us a test for 10 days. And if you're still in Daniel, Daniel uh, 1, verse 15, the Bible says in verse 15, at the end of the 10 days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. And I like how the NIV puts it. It says, they looked healthier and better nourished than all the ones that had the delicacies of the king. Their simple diet worked so well that Melzar took away the kingly diet and gave them pulse to eat and water to drink. Physically, they looked better. Mentally, they, they were found to be 10 times smarter or wiser. Spiritually, they had a clarity of mind that kept him in tune with who? With God. He was their helper throughout this whole thing. So now, what about these names? Okay. We know that Daniel, whom the king tried to call Belteshazzar, went on to be called Daniel, right? And I know we're, we're going through the story because I don't want to be here for three hours preaching because <laughs> Daniel is fascinating, especially chapter one, fascinating chapter. The king um, recognized that Daniel served a powerful God. You remember recall the king having a dream that none of his magicians, his astrologers, astrologers his sorcerers could interpret, let alone even tell him the dream, right? The dream had gone for me, he said. It has gone for me. Tell me what I dreamt. And, you know, they try to make excuses and, you know, there's no, there's no king or anybody who has ever asked this of their servants. Like, how could you ask this of us? But once it was made known to Daniel how those guys had failed, and they were not only them, but Daniel and his friends included, to be put to what? Put to death because they could not come through and do what the king had asked. Daniel consulted with his friends. And like the children's story I was giving, when you're in trouble, when you need help, what's the first thing you should do? Always pray. Always pray. They prayed that whole night. And by praying and being faithful, God revealed the king's dream. God answered their prayers. And before Daniel revealed the king his dream, Daniel gave all the praise and glory to God to help ensure that the king knew that it was not the wisdom of Daniel, it was not the might of Daniel, but it was the power of God that gave Daniel the inspiration to interpret that dream for the king. And if you want to, oh, if you want to follow Daniel 2, verse 47 and 48. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods, and a Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal the secret. Then the king did what? Then the king made Daniel a great man, and gave him great many gifts, and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and chief of the government of all the wise men of Babylon. Does this sound, sound familiar, like someone we just talked about, about in our Sabbath school? Joseph, yes. Okay, but how about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? See how I switched it from the Hebrew to their Babylonian names? The Bible doesn't record them going back to their Hebrew names. But, but, they knew who they were. Do you know who you are? What do we call ourselves? 
We call ourselves Christians, but more specifically. Seventh-day Adventists. Why, why do we call ourselves Seventh-day Adventists? Jesus. Jesus is coming again. So we worship on the seventh day. What else? We The Advent, the second coming. It's a pretty important title. It kind of distinguishes us from other denominations, doesn't it? Does it make us better than them? No, 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 no. Because I believe, I wholeheartedly believe that there's going to be many other brothers and sisters in heaven that have not belonged to the Adventist faith. I think so. I think so. It would be great, you know. Um, I'll leave that judgment up to God. That's that's his that's his doing. Okay. But back to the Daniel's friends. Um Yes, yeah, so they knew who they were. They knew that God, or they knew the God that they served, and they knew that He, meaning God, knew who they were also. So you might recall an instance where these three young men, right, they refused to do what to this great big statue? I'm going to ask one of the kids over there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was asking one of the kids, Brother Craig. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he refused, or not he refused, they refused to pay homage, to bow down to this statue. And the king in his haste wasted no time. And what did he do to these three young men to make an example out of them? Bind them up. Take them to the furnace and throw them in, right? But Daniel 3 records it. Daniel 3 verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see how many men? I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Had Nebuchadnezzar encountered God before in some sort of way? Yes, but he's a proud king, and he, he's a proud king. You know, he encountered through Daniel, through interpretation of that dream. He didn't see him physically, but how could he know that that fourth person was God? How could he know? Who else could have saved the men from burning? Well, walking in the fire, right? And I'm skipping a couple of verses, but when they came out of the fire, what was their appearance like? Like they had not even been in the fire. There was no smell of smoke. There was no singed uh, um, threads. Okay, verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and had changed the king's word and yielded their bodies, that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. 29. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is what? No other God that can deliver after this sort. Even though they had their Babylonian names attached to them, the king recognized whom they served. It wasn't him or his gods that they served. 
It was the God of heaven. And this blew me away, verse 30. Like this, this wrapped it all up right here. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Captives in a foreign land. In the king's service. Being promoted to a high position. So what does my diet have to do with it? Because of the clarity of the mind. Because they were connected with God. Because their faithfulness to God, he delivered them. It doesn't matter what anyone calls you. And in my, uh, my young life, I have been called uh, certain things because people know, oh, you're an Adventist? Oh, man, like, you know, you, you get talked down to sometimes. It's, it's not a popular, uh, I don't know, I guess, name among some, some people in, that are not in the church. Right? Oh, I heard about you Adventists. You guys, you guys are too, uh, too strict. You guys are too this, too that. Well, I'd rather follow God, follow God than follow man. Amen? I'd rather do what he wants than what than man wants. Know who you are in God. Give him the glory. Follow him faithfully. And he, like we've seen in Daniel, for his friends, Daniel himself, he will do the rest. Thank you, church, for your time. Make close a prayer. Okay. Did you want to say something, Bonnie, first? All right. <laughs>